The following podcast contains coarse language and subject matter people might find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Life after death will always be an obsession of humankind. The only way to tell what happens to us when we die is when the dead can tell us. Ouija boards have been a tool in the world of contacting those who are in spirit form. The first mention of automatic writing dates back to 1100 AD China, during the Song Dynasty, where the dead would guide the living's meditating hands to deliver messages on paper. Boards were then created, and have been occupying most home parlors since 1809. Christianity warns of the possibility of possession, while the occult say it can be a tool of positive transformation. No matter what side you reside on, it's a door and the unexperienced hand has no control over what can enter it. So, you may think twice about using one, especially after this story. Welcome to the world beyond the veil. This is Geist. Teenagers playing with Ouija boards, it's about as common as a cold. In 2014, Nori and her two friends decided they were going to give it a try at a sleepover. It was just a few girls having innocent fun, so what could go wrong? Well, everything did. I was originally friends with Sarah. Me and Sarah shared kind of the same friend group and had been friends since, I think, like halfway through uh, freshman year of high school. Um, And so I met Bridget through Sarah because Sarah and Bridget were best friends. And so by proxy kind of became friends with Bridget. Me and these two friends um, had a sort of tumultuous kind of friendship. It was pretty toxic, I guess. Bridget was kind of like very much trying to be popular and cool and um, kind of just a little bit of a loose cannon. Sarah was really the opposite, like very, very, very quiet. Um, you know, me and Sarah got along and we kind of bonded over nerdy shit like musical theater and, and vocal and stuff like that. And Bridget, like, was the complete opposite of that, right? Like, there was definitely a power dynamic, you know? And Bridget was at the top of that hierarchy and it was me and Sarah. When things got bad and rocky, this, like, Ouija board obsession that we kind of cultivated in our little friend, friend group kept us kind of together as friends. It, like, really... And, and I think that... That's what was so dangerous about it, you know? I guess we thought it was cool at first. We thought it was, like, spooky and esoteric and interesting. And, you know, there was definitely a lack of respect. In the beginning, we started hanging out in the September, I think, of of 10th grade that this story happens in. So we got pretty close pretty fast. And I didn't know much about Bridget, really, at all, when the first uh, Ouija board seance happened. The night these three girls first started to experiment with the Ouija board, did not leave them disappointed. The first time we ever did it was at um, Sarah's birthday. She was having a kind of like a birthday sleepover. So it was me, Sarah, and Bridget. And uh, we all went to Sarah's house. And her birthday was in October. 
So we're, you know, feeling the Halloween vibes. And I guess we, the initial plan of the night was that we were going to hang out, watch a movie, uh, or go to the movies, I think, um, and maybe, like, try to sneak a beer or something like that and then just, like, fall asleep. <laughs> we come back to uh, Sarah's house, and Sarah and Bridget say to me that they have this idea, that it's, like, a spooky idea. And I'm like, okay, so what's up? What do you guys want to do? And they tell me that they want to do a Ouija board. And I think to myself, like, this sounds really stupid, but it could be really fun. So I was familiar, and I knew that you had to kind of operate with a level of respect when opening those channels or doors. So I was I was timid, and I was afraid. <laughs> but I guess I got caught up, and I thought it would be fun because, I don't know, it was almost Halloween, and what could go wrong in my head? <laughs> Nori, Sarah, and Bridget create a homemade Ouija board out of a pizza box. They light candles and use a shot glass for the planchette. A planchette is the portion of the board you lay your fingers on and allow the spirits to channel through you and guide the planchette to letters on the board to spell out a message. So we make this Ouija board. Sarah came from like a very religious family. Her grandmother was extremely religious. Like, in her grandmother's bedroom, I remember there was crosses all over the walls and just, like, very, like, ornamental. We were, like, afraid because her family was so religious that we had opened the closet kind of halfway in the closet doing it. And we had lit the candles in the closet in a way that if somebody was to walk in, they wouldn't exactly see what we were doing. They make contact with a spirit. We start doing the Ouija board and the planchette moves to Hello. I guess I had the experience or wherewithal or understanding, so to speak, to ask the the board if it was a good spirit or a negative spirit. It goes to yes initially. A spirit comes through that claims to be named Bridget. Me and Bridget and Sarah think to ourselves, well, that's strange because I guess one of our friends has the same name as this spirit. We asked if it was somehow connected to Bridget or if it was Bridget's like spirit guide and the board went to yes we start thinking well that's you know that's interesting there must be like some some sort of information that can provide us if it's saying that it's Bridget's spirit guide and we begin to ask the board questions and I remember asking if the spirit guide Bridget knew anything about Bridget's life that we didn't know or things that were going to happen in the future and the board went to yes. And when we tried to clarify those things, and I think at the time Bridget was hoping to hear an answer about something to do with a dance competition or something that she had coming up, uh, the board just, the planchette went to random letters and then immediately went to goodbye. So it was very weird, but Bridget was obviously super, you know, intrigued and like wanted to keep trying to get back to Bridget the Spirit Guide. We kind of all sat there like, well, that was weird. I guess let's try again and see what else comes through. We do it again. It goes to hello. Ask if it's a good spirit. And there's a pause. And I remember it started going to no, stopped, and went to yes. The energy in the room suddenly felt so heavy. Like, it felt like something was just, like, pushing me down just this energy leech entered the space. And it was so gross. And all of us felt it. And so we ask, what is your name? And the planchette moves between two letters, back and forth, back and forth, and gets faster and faster and faster and faster to the point that we can barely keep our fingers on the planchette. It's moving so fast. 
the shot glass knocks over, and suddenly there's like a bang at the door. And we're like, what the hell is going on? So we blow out the candles. We're really, really freaked out. And at this point, Bridget and Sarah specifically are looking at each other, and they're freaking out. Sarah opens the door, and it's Sarah's grandmother. And she asks us what we were doing. At this point, me and Bridget are, like, fumbling with all the stuff to, to hide it away so it doesn't look like we've been doing anything. Sarah says, um, we, we were just, like, hanging out, eating pizza, like, chilling. Sarah's grandmother literally says, I don't know what you were doing in there, but all three of you need to leave the house because something is wrong. So the three teenagers walk into the night. So we had to leave, and we start walking around the neighborhood. And at this point, we're all really shaken up. And Sarah turns to me, and she says, right before the knock at the door, I saw a face in the closet. And then she says, also, me and Bridget have to tell you something. We watched this video earlier um, it, like, I guess that day at school, they had watched a YouTube video of these people playing on a Ouija board and summoning a demon. And the demon's name was the two letters that the planchette went back and forth to. This demon, whose name I will not say, is a well-known entity in the world of the paranormal. It thrives on mischief and causes turmoil. It is easy to conjure as it loves attention and is attracted to negativity. If you're vulnerable, it's easy to be influenced by this entity or become possessed. When Nori mentioned it was a four-letter name, I immediately knew who she was talking about and requested that she did not say its name either. Do yourself a favor. Do not look it up. I was, to be honest, I was pissed. I was like, are y'all for real? You knew what was going down, watched some crazy video, and had the energy all weird, and then you want to bring me into the mix, and now we're summoning demons? Like, I thought it was going to be a cute little hangout. Summon a little ghost, like, you know, some, like, fucking Victorian lady, and then we talk for, like, five minutes, and then we blow the candles out, and we go to bed, you know? Not any of this crazy shit. We, we like, secretly fold up the little cardboard Ouija board we made, and we take it outside because... Sarah's grandmother had asked us to leave the house so she could bless the house, basically. We decide that we're going to take this cardboard Ouija board and we're going to rip it up and just, like, put, like, scatter the pieces so that, like, it, it's, like, it's never happened. At some point, Bridget starts walking ahead of us, ahead of me and Sarah, and, you know, she's kind of, like, spaced out a little bit, and we think to ourselves, like, okay, she's probably just, you know, really freaked out and needs some space. Maybe she's just, like, trying to shake it off your spirit guide comes through and suddenly some really scary shit happens, I'd probably be really freaked out too. So she starts walking and she's heading straight for this, um, like a, it was like a cul-de-sac with a lookout point and it looked out into the, the, the forest. And she just walks straight up to it, stands completely still, dead stop, and just is staring out into the forest. I go up to Bridget and I tap her on the shoulder And before I tap her on the shoulder, I look at her face and she just looks so gone. She was completely just not there anymore. And the second I tapped on her shoulder, came to and looked at me and was confused and was like, what's up? What's going on? I was like, hey, dude, why are you staring out into the forest? Can we keep walking? This is weird. And she just kind of shrugged it off, was very like confused, but kind of shook it off and then just kept walking. 
that was pretty much the end of the night. We all went home after that, and we had a group chat, the three of us. And we were texting about it later that night, and it kind of already was, like, becoming a joke in a way. And it was like we just kind of didn't take it seriously. We got a good scare, and it is what it is. But that's not how these things work. I make the decision that I'm, like, done with this Ouija board shit. I don't want any more part in it. But Sarah and Bridget went to school and basically told a bunch of people that this happened. And everybody got really, like, invested suddenly because it's a real-life ghost story. It became, like, a bit of, like, a talk of... A couple groups of people were, like, you know, invested in, like, what was happening. And they thought it was really interesting. And and some people really thought it was bullshit. And some people really didn't. And so... They took it and ran with it, and I remember just kind of being like, oh, man, because now we're in it, (laughs) you know? And now there's got to be a follow-up. And that's exactly how this demon works. A week later, it's Halloween, and the three girls find themselves at a small get-together, and someone brings up the board. Once again, the door is open. So Halloween rolls around. I remember we went to another friend's house. Uh, We all met up there. It was probably like 10 or 11 of us. And we're all there, and it's me, Sarah, Bridget, and a bunch of other people. And, of course, somebody's like, yo, we should do a Ouija board. Um, And a few people decide to leave the room before we start the board. And it's me, Sarah, and Bridget with our hands on the planchette, and everybody kind of just watching around the table. I believe uh, they had, like, a round table, too. So (laughs) it was very, very seancey. And we're all just sitting—they're all sitting around us, and it was, yeah, the three of us kind of at the— the helm of the table with our hands on the board. We uh, say hello and ask if it is a, a good spirit and it goes to yes. And uh, we ask its name and it spells out Bridget. We tell our friends, like, this is the spirit guide that we were telling you about that says it's Bridget's spirit guide. I remember uh, <laughs> our friends kind of being like, okay, cool, it's like a spirit that says Bridget, but prove that, like, it can tell you something. We decide that we're going to take our hands off of the planchette, but other people from the group are going to put their hands on the planchette. And we're going to ask questions that only Bridget could know the answers to and see if the board can answer it. We did ask the board if it was okay if we switched the hands because I felt like that was necessary. It said that was okay. We switched the hands and we started asking questions. I remember the question that was asked was something to do with Bridget's love life. Uh, We ask, and the board, with two other people's hands on it, spells out this person's name in full. And that was weird. But uh, I think it was somebody that uh, maybe she had just started talking to or something, and it was a secret. And, like, people didn't know who this person was. Then everybody's really like, whoa, that's crazy. Like, we couldn't believe it. Genuinely, that was when it was very, very, very weird. So briefly after, we asked this kind of proof question, and me, Bridget, and Sarah all had our hands back on the planchette. I believe we started, uh, we might have asked uh, just another question to the spirit, Bridget. I believe it was in the midst of answering, again, that energy shift that I spoke about the first time kind of happens. But everybody felt it instantly. The board kind of almost cuts Bridget off and goes right back to those two letters. And it, again, goes right back to the initials of this demon's name. Again, it's just suddenly presented itself. And 
um, you know, just as before, back and forth from letter to letter, faster and faster and faster every time. And I shouted goodbye because I genuinely couldn't take it anymore. And I was so frustrated and so scared. And so I shout goodbye and I tell everybody in the room to say goodbye as well, because at this point I'd had enough. And I remember me, Sarah and Bridget just looked at each other and it was kind of like, well, what do we expect? You know, like that was when we realized that we didn't think we could do the, the Ouija board at all anymore without encountering this demon. After realizing what they were dealing with, Nori goes home to try and collect her thoughts. I remember getting home and the feeling of coming home after something really shocking or scary happens and feeling safe, that feeling was gone. And it was very much just a feeling of really fearful anticipation. I didn't feel relieved to be home. I didn't feel relieved to not be around the Ouija board or to not be around my friends. You know, I didn't feel the safety or like the security that I thought that that you would think you would feel in a situation like that where, you know, it's not like it happened in my house, but I didn't feel, I didn't feel comfortable or safe. And it feels like you have to constantly look over your shoulder. And I don't think I slept that night, honestly. Nori's encounters with this entity started to affect her outside of her board sessions. Once or twice a month, I would have this dream where I would wake up and in the dream, I would look at the clock and that's what made it feel less like a dream and more like it was real because the time would be different, but it was around like 3, 3.30. I remember in the dream, I would get up and get out of my bed, walk up to the first floor balcony because we had a basement walkout where I could see the backyards um, and between the houses. You could see your backyard, your neighbor's backyard, um, and the street between. I would kind of just stare through the houses. Every single time I would see this like massive black orb start to go between the houses and down, uh, down the backyard. I would just kind of feel myself being frozen there watching it as it slowly got closer and closer to the house. And like that feeling of just like dread of what was to come and seeing it uh, from the first floor go into the basement door. And I would almost feel it come into the house, like enter the house. And the dream sequence would end with the sound of something like stomping up the basement stairs behind me. And then I would wake up in my bed. As the effects of their sessions seeped further into their friendship, Nori became aware that one of them started to become more deeper involved with the Ouija board and becoming fixated on its messages. You know, our our friendship was pretty fresh at this point, but there was already some cracks in the foundation, you know. Shortly after this Halloween incident, I found out that Bridget and Sarah were doing the board by themselves without me because I had I just didn't want to do it anymore and I never really got to hear the full story of what they talked about but I do know that whatever Bridget the spirit guide quote unquote told to real life Bridget made her honestly like become a little bit obsessed she would go to the board to ask questions about everything and to get guidance about everything all the time It didn't seem scary to her anymore. Bridget was a bit of a mean girl, you know? Like, she really had, like, a a mean streak about her. She would do things to Sarah and to me that would kind of single each other out and pit each other against each other, you know? 
I don't I I honestly do wonder like her consistently going back to the board like that and just kind of the energies around and everything like it it was just all very negative. So this obsession continues. And a few weeks later, Nori, Sarah and Bridget find themselves again at a small group gathering with requests of a Ouija board session. There was like a I guess another kind of get together at this time at Bridget's house and it was in the basement and we again ordered pizza there was maybe about 10 12 of us again people had known that even though we hadn't done it in a while that we were these ghost people that like did these spooky spooky things and so made the Ouija board it was always like a sharpie in the back of the pizza box and a shot glass (laughs) I tell everybody in the room like I don't care if we need to be respectful because I don't play with this shit lately. Like, we can ask one question and say goodbye, and that's it. Nori, Bridget, and Sarah put their hands on the planchette. Yeah, so again, we we start... Uh, it was just the three of us with our hands on the planchette, as always. And we start the seance, turn off the lights in the basement, and everyone's just kind of sitting quietly and, and listening, and we start and we say hello, and... Um, we, I think we got a, a completely different spirit this time. It kind of seemed chill. Like, it seemed like it was like a regular, regular ghost. It was normal <laughs> for once. And just like always, uh, just the feeling in the room, feeling just nauseous and gross and just heavy, you know, mid-response or mid-conversation with said spirit, uh, we got interrupted again, right back to the same initials. As, as it's speeding up between these two letters, we hear this massive bang from upstairs. Bridget's mom, she yells from upstairs and then opens the basement door so loudly, like shrieks Bridget's name. Bridget! And of course, we, we say goodbye, we yell goodbye, <laughs> and close the board. Bridget runs upstairs to see what the hell is going on. And people at this point are, like, really freaked out. This loud noise happens. We're all sitting around, confused. Her mom basically says, like, everybody has to leave. Party's over. Everyone's got to go. Like, I don't know what you're doing, but, like, something is really wrong. But the night didn't end there. All of us, I remember just going back home again and the activity in my house at this point had really ramped up. Like there was consistently, consistently activity in my house. I remember doors slamming all the time, lights flickering, and it was always in my own space. And that was the weird thing. Like it, it didn't seem to leave my room. Smells are apparently like a big sign and I would consistently smell like rotting eggs all the time. Nori found that speaking sessions with this entity was starting to affect her daily existence. I slept so poorly during this time. I remember, like, I barely slept. It was so bad. I fell behind in school. Also, I was dealing with mental health stuff, all of that family stuff, too. So it was draining me in such a specific way. Like, I felt like I had no energy. I remember just depleted of everything. Continuing to be tormented by this energy, Nori once again confronted Bridget and Sarah about their use of the board without her. While this activity is continuing on, I remember just feeling like they weren't echoing the same frustration or exhaustion or fear that I had. And so I started to suspect that 
maybe Bridget and Sarah were doing the Ouija board without me. Um, specifically, like, also that Bridget was doing it alone because I remember when we would do it, it just seemed like she got really, like, fixated on it in such a way it, like, consumed her almost. Like, she just needed to get more information and talk more with the spirit and know more. So I asked Sarah point blank if they were, and she told me that they were and they had been, and that it didn't seem scary anymore, and that the stuff that Bridget, the spirit guide, was saying was really, like, cool and helpful and that actually Sarah's spirit guide had come through as well. So at this point, I start to think that whatever we're dealing with is just has been lying to us this whole time. Nori started to suspect that this demon, disguising itself as Bridget's spirit guide, was trying to gain trust through revealing information to the three of them. And because Nori wasn't falling for it, it was hiding itself in sessions she was a part of as to not blow its cover. Every time we would do the board, uh, since I had found out that the two of them were doing it without me, um, it had only been uh, Bridget, the spirit guide, coming through. And the entity that had presented itself previously was nowhere to be, you know, heard from. It was, it like, new information about Bridget, it knew information about Sarah, it knew information about me, and it felt like it... It was not because it was from some sort of, like, higher place. It felt like it was getting this information from us. It didn't feel like, oh, wow, that's so cool that you know that. It's like, how do you know that and why? This spirit has been manipulating us. I wanted to get to the bottom of it. I remember doing research on my own time at this point about demonic possession, demonic contact, and what I was reading was seriously matching up with the things I was seeing, just in terms of, like, behavioral changes in people. And one of them was affected more than the others. Bridget really changed as a person throughout this whole time. I don't know. I'm not saying anybody was possessed or anything like that happened, but definitely there was some sort of, like, malevolent influence, we'll say, over the actions of the people in that friend group, for sure. And it seemed to make Bridget more aggressive. We are in Bridget's kitchen, and I think Sarah had dropped something. Bridget, like, kind of taps or, like, pushes Sarah a little bit, like, you know, nudges her or something like that. And Sarah, like, nudges her back. You know, they're just, like, they, it was, like, joking around at first. Like, oh, like, you dropped something, whatever, like, you're an asshole. And Sarah happened to kind of, like, push her back. And I remember Bridget straight up just, like, grabbed her by the throat and, like, held her for a second. I, and I saw her lunge at her with such force that I was like, what the fuck? Like, I I was shocked that she kind of, like, went at her like that, you know? It was like she just wasn't there. And you see, like, she came back and she laughed it off, just really tried to make a joke of it. And I remember Sarah being really scared. Bridget thought it was just hilarious. Like, she just thought it was like, oh, come on. Like, I was just playing around. This demon seemed to be channeling through Bridget. We were, I remember there was one specific time we were doing it in Bridget's garage and, uh, it was like, we're doing, we were asking questions and suddenly she just kind of looked up in this very, really, like, it was like slower than it needed to be of like, kind of just like raising her head in a very paced way um, and just kind of looking straight at the garage door and saying, someone's coming. And then blowing out the candle, putting the planchette at goodbye and like the second 
she like moved the board so that it wasn't in sight anymore, her mom walked into the garage. Like we couldn't hear her walking up to the door. Nori had had enough. She was exhausted and frightened. She decided she had to confront her friends about the reality of who they had been communicating with. Yeah, when I remember when I when I eventually, I think probably around March, I kind of got the courage because the activity was still continuing and I told Bridget and Sarah like, "Hey, I think this is not what you think it is. I think you've been we've been like lied to basically and I remember the second we the second I said that, Bridget wanted to do the board again to prove me wrong. I don't know if I had outed this entity or whatever, but that's when everything changed. And from that point, it was only that spirit coming through. We couldn't get anything else. No matter how hard we tried, no matter what we did, it was like nothing else would come through. And so we do the board and again, it comes through and and makes itself known. And I remember asking point blank, has this been a lie the entire time? And the board goes to yes. And then at that point, the questions that we asked, every answer was mocking us, angry and suddenly angry. You know, I remember it spelt out like bitch and whore and just stuff like that, like awful words. And then would spell out things like kill and like death and just like very violent and awful and trying to scare us. This was kind of really the beginning of the end for our friendship, I think, because that's when we realized like that we were really in too deep. It's dangerous, you know, you can't play with this stuff. We kind of decided that we wanted to find a way to get rid of this entity, basically, because um, we we realized that whatever we had been speaking to was lying to us and just telling us whatever we wanted to hear and manipulating us into developing this, like, real obsession with the Ouija board and, and wanted it out. We wanted it done with. I, I wanted the activity in my house to stop. As friends, me, Bridget, and Sarah were fighting consistently. Like, there was, at this point, really not much good left. And so, we honestly, all we wanted to do was just stop using it and be done with it. We do the Ouija board for, like, the one last time. We wanted questions answered. So, we, at this point, had been researching a lot about occult stuff and, uh, you know, how to like safely engage with spirits. And so I remember asking like, who are you? And it told us that it was the devil. It told us that it was Satan, that it was Lucifer, that it was all these different beings. I remember it spelling out names that I had never heard, biblical names that when we Googled them, goetic names that we had never heard that I remember asking it, what do we do to make it stop? Spelled out stop and we asked stop what to stop being friends first and foremost and that we had we could never do the Ouija board again and they asked their final question to the board what will happen if we don't stop being friends and it just spelled out danger that was it we said goodbye we basically were like okay I guess we have to stop being friends and so we didn't speak, the three of us. We stopped being friends. Things slowly returned to normal. And, you know, I 
I, I didn't mess with any of that stuff anymore. It was kind of hard, but we kind of all drifted apart in uh, several months after the last time that we did it that we didn't speak. And in that time, the activity just completely stopped uh, in my house. It was almost like this energy just festered between the three of us. And the second we kind of se- went our separate ways, it was like it got released into the, I don't know, the ethers or something like that. This kind of energy doesn't disappear. It watches. And the girls find themselves playing with fate once more. We all decide that it's been enough time and, you know, what what could a, a catch-up hurt? Um, so we decide that we're going to all go for a bike ride. And things were super, you know, chill. It was almost the end of the school year. I remember us being, like, super excited about the summertime. And it was kind of like a bittersweet meeting up of friends that I guess, like, couldn't be friends anymore. Yeah, we all just, like, kind of, like, hung out at this plaza. Sarah biked home. Me and Bridget hung out just alone, the two of us, for a bit. And then I biked home. On my way home, uh, I was biking home. Um, I wasn't wearing a helmet, and I was just about to be home, and I was going through uh, an intersection. And I went to go stand up on my bike to pedal faster, and I caught my foot on the pedal and hit the pavement headfirst. Um, and I blacked out and I was just like unconscious on the road and got a really, really, really bad concussion that actually like almost didn't like graduate that grade of high school that year because I couldn't pass my classes uh, because of that head injury that I got. Uh, Sarah got home and had an explosive fight with her family and I think was kicked out for a period of time. Um, And Bridget was... uh, wanted to be a professional dancer who had foot problems. And that night she got home and had fallen and broke her foot. And uh, it was basically the doctor had said, like, if she got another foot injury, she wouldn't be able to dance again. And that night, all three of us had, like, really awful shit happen. And we never hung out again. (laughs) So I don't know. The board spelled out danger, and that's exactly what we found. So, moral of the story, don't fuck with Ouija boards. Um, I mean, definitely after this, it was like, things definitely shifted for me in the, in the sense of the other side or um, other planes of energy and existence. Like, they are real. And there's doors that you can open and you can not realize you've opened and you don't know how to close. And that can happen so quickly. And so there's a lot more respect that I've gained. I don't think that anybody should be doing a Ouija board personally because I think there's a lot more respectful ways that you can engage with spirits. And the Ouija board is almost kind of the like esoteric equivalent to opening your front door in the middle of the night, you know? It wouldn't be a true Geist episode if somehow this story didn't affect Bo or I in a spooky way. I was hesitant to ever do a story on a Ouija board knowing what can come through and how it affects people. For the duration of time I worked on this episode, every night I woke up at 3 a.m. I tried to dismiss it as being psychosomatic, but what I couldn't explain is when I woke up, I had the urgency to go to my window. I would look onto the night street and see nothing. Now, I know Nori experienced the same thing, so yes, it could all be in my head, but the conjoining fact is that Nori was my neighbor. So this was all happening next door to me. So it was kind of chilling to realize we were looking down at the same row of houses 
onto the same street into the night. If you have a story you've been hiding, submit it to us at geistpodcast.com. Geist is written and directed by me, Danielle Matar. Original score and sounds by Bo Jensen. Geist web artwork is by Jake Carruthers. Special thanks goes to Nori and Sarah Hahn. Follow us on Instagram at underscore geistpodcast. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to Geist on Apple Podcasts. It makes it easier for people to find us. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, sleep tight.